Hi, I'm Mark. Thanks for joining me today on Words of Truth. What is it that you think about the most? Your thoughts matter. Or maybe I can ask this another way. What do you allow your mind to dwell on the most? Maybe your thought life is consumed with what a difficult life you had. Or maybe you're always dwelling on what other people are thinking about you. Or perhaps your mind is consumed with how poorly somebody is treating you, your spouse or family member or somebody at work. On the positive side, maybe you're a super positive person and you go around being thankful for everything and everybody. Maybe you've trained your mind to turn lemons into lemonade, if you will, and you have a positive disposition about life no matter what happens. Well, good for you. My point is that whatever you dwell on the most is the direction your life is going to head in, positive or negative. I remember when my dad was teaching me how to drive a car, he'd say to me, if your eyes are always focused on the center line, son, or on the line at the curb of the highway, that's where you're going to steer the car. So keep your eyes looking forward at where you want to go, and that's where you'll steer the car. And it's true. And I think that's also true in life. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. In other words, we become what we think about the most. If all we think about is what a loser we are or that we can never get ahead in life because nobody appreciates us or that our marriage will never succeed or that we'll never get ahead in life because we just don't have what it takes or that we're so disadvantaged, uh, you know, we're not worth anything or because we had horrible parents or whatever, then that's exactly the direction our life is going to take. Why? Because we become whatever we dwell on the most. And so let me offer some suggestions on how we can correct our thought life so that we can live a more positive and fulfilling life. We start by taking our thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says that we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, that word arguments in the English is the Greek word logismos, and it's talking about any reasoning that's contrary or hostile to the Christian faith. And the phrase every lofty thing or high thing is simply referring to any elevated thing. In other words, he's talking about any thought that's elevated about, above what God wants us to think about or that takes the place of what is true according to God. And Paul tells us what to do with those thoughts. He tells us to destroy them or to cast them down. And that means to detach them from your mind, to refute them as not being from God. It's like if I reach out and touch something hot that can burn my hand, I immediately let go and detach my hand from what can harm me. And in the very same way, any thought, anything that we dwell on that isn't from God or is contrary to God's truth needs to be cast out of our mind immediately before it does any damage to our life. And then we make, need to make sure that our heart is filled with good things. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says that the good person 
out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now that word treasure speaks of good and precious things that we collect or lay aside. You see, our minds are like a treasure box. And in them, we can store all kinds of things, good and bad, but we're the only ones with the key that opens that box and allows things to be put in there. And we can allow evil and negative and disruptive and damaging thoughts to be stored there. Or we can allow positive, uplifting, helpful thoughts to be stored there. But we're the only ones with the power to choose what will be stored in our minds. It's the person who's negative and sour and argumentative and critical all the time who has allowed evil thoughts and memories to be stored in their mind. And you can always tell that person because out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. As soon as a person talks, you can tell what kind of thoughts they've been allowed. They, they've, been, they've allowed to be stored in their mind. And there isn't anyone but me who can change those thoughts. How? By filling my heart with the good treasures that God has to offer. And God's not going to force us to do that. But as we move our lives under the tap of his word and his thinking, our lives begin to be filled up with him and it drowns out the evil thoughts. Now, what are those good things that we need to pour into our lives? Well, they're found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul writes, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. In other words, replace false thoughts with true thoughts. Say to yourself, I'm not a failure destined to be nothing, but I'm a child of the king and I have a purpose and a plan for my life because it's God's purpose and God's plan and so on. And don't just say it once, but keep saying it until it sinks in and you start to believe it. And then while we're replacing the negative with the positive, we need to watch over our heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. The Good News translation puts it this way. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. I like that. And the Living Bible puts it this way. Above all else, guard your affections, for they influence everything else in your life. What are you affectionate about? Some people fall in love with feeling bad about themselves. Yeah, they do. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. How can I say that? Because our scripture says that our life is shaped by our thoughts. And some people just keep thinking the same thoughts over and over again, hoping something different will happen. But it never does because they won't change their thoughts. And then pretty soon they become so comfortable with their negative thoughts that they begin to believe that's just how their life is destined to be. And that's why we need to watch over our heart. The same way we watch over a toddler that they won't run into a busy street. We need to watch over our thoughts with vigilance so that nothing enters in that isn't from God. And then also remember that the devil will do everything in his power to keep you down. 
James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Why does James tell us to resist the devil? Well, because he knows that the devil is prowling around looking for somebody to devour. That's what Peter wrote in his letter. If we continue to just submit to the thoughts that aren't from God, in essence, we're submitting to the devil. And the devil's purpose is nothing less than to tear us down and to destroy us. He wants to take God's life and God's joy out of our lives by tempting us to dwell on the wrong things and the wrong thoughts. You see, he knows God's word better than we do. And the devil knows that our life is shaped by our thoughts. And he knows that stinking thinking leads to stinking living. So, guess what the devil does? Well, he serves up a whole plate of negative things for you to feed on and to dwell on. And we have the choice to submit to him or to resist him. James tells us that if we choose to resist him, that he will flee from us. Well, how do we do that? Well, by quoting the word of God back to him long enough that he can't stand it anymore and he takes off with his tail between his legs. Isn't that what Jesus did in the wilderness during his temptations? And finally, let your mind be renewed every day. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now that word conform means to fashion into a certain lightness or pattern. When a seamstress cuts out a pattern for a dress, they use a template that helps them know where to cut the fabric. In other words, the dress they sew is in the lightness of a certain pattern. And the word transformed is figuratively a metamorphosis to change or to transform like a worm that crawls into a cocoon and emerges as a butterfly. In other words, let's not allow the world with all its evil thoughts and intentions to mold us into its image, an image that has been created by Satan. But let's allow God, by his word and his spirit, to transform us into the image of Christ. You see, none of this is accomplished in our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And as we submit to his work and his way in our lives, he begins to transform us. And so what are you dwelling on the most? Whatever it is, is what your life will become most like, will most closely resemble. Dwell on God's love and God's word and God's truth, and you'll begin to resemble Jesus. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.